You're listening to Bought and Beloved. Hello, hello, ladies and gents. My name is Kirby Kelly, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bought and Beloved podcast. In case you don't know who I am, hi, hello. As I said, I'm Kirby Kelly, also known as Kirby is a Boss on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, as well as Kirby is a streamer on Twitch. If you love video games and Jesus and all that good stuff and just good community, go check me out Mondays and Thursdays, 5 p.m. CST to about 7 p.m. CST. Um, but I'm so glad that you are tuning in today. I really hope that this episode specifically um, just encourages you in the faith as I answer your questions. That's exactly what the title of this episode is all about. If you ever see AYQ, that just means answering your questions. Um, And that's basically a little segment that I started here on my podcast because I have an email, beloved at gmail.com, all spelled out, uh, where people are invited to send in their questions. Um, Maybe there's a a scripture you want me to talk about, or maybe you're going through an issue in life and you just need biblical wisdom and counsel, um, and you want to know what the Bible has to say about certain things, or maybe you just need encouragement from a fellow believer. Um, That's what that email is for. It really helps me to know kind of what it is that y'all are going through, the questions you have in life, and where you need to be equipped and encouraged. And so I have these specific episodes, the AYQ episodes, where I can just hit a few questions all in one episode Um, because I do get so many submissions and I love it. And I encourage you to keep reaching out to me with your submissions and your questions. Uh, And in this week's episode, as you can probably tell by the title, we're going to be talking about, you know, other religions, evangelism tactics, and losing friends because of your faith. Um, So we're just going to start with our first question, which was sent in by Chloe from California, or Chloe. And this is what she wrote me. She said, Hi, Kirby. My name is Chloe. I'm 17 years old. I grew up in Southern California and was raised Christian. My parents and I attend every Sunday or attend church every Sunday. And I had a wonderful support system of believers. I had this strong faith from a young age in God. I loved reading his word and I found Bible stories to be fascinating. When I was 11 years old, my family and I had to move to Northern Utah for my dad's job. Ever since this move, my faith has never been the same. Utah is known for its predominant Mormon culture. I'm surrounded by a church that is very different from what I've always known. I feel alone and isolated. All my friends and people I know are of the LDS faith. For the first time, I've questioned my own faith. Mormons seem so friendly and perfect, and I just want to fit in. Many times I've contemplated converting, but there's something that still tells me to hold on and try to come back to the faith that I always thought to be true. I've listened to your podcast for a while now, and I truly love what you have to share. I try to listen to podcasts, and I do different Bible studies, but... I still can't shake this doubt that I experienced. I guess what I'm asking for is advice. Maybe there's someone out there who feels the same way as I do. I've always wondered why God has let other religions exist on earth. If Christianity is what is true, then why would he allow for people to say something different? Sorry for the long story, but I hope this made some sense. If there's any advice you have, I would love to hear it. Or if you do a podcast on living in a world where there's different religious beliefs, that would be amazing. Thank you so much, Chloe. Okay amazing. Thank you so much for reaching out to me about this, Chloe, because this is a really valid question. I mean, 
you know, scripture talks about how God is a jealous God. He's a righteous God. He is a God who is worthy of all of humanity's worship. So if he is God alone, creator of all things worthy to be praised, why then would he allow for other people to worship other things, things that they deem God, in quotations, but actually isn't God? I first want to address my listeners out there who might identify with the LDS sect or hold on to the Mormonism belief system. I just want you to know, before I even begin to debunk this question, that I love you so much. I love you so much. I love everybody, but God has really put a special place in my heart for Mormons. Um, but I do not believe that Mormonism and Christianity are the same. I do not believe it, and I and I know it's not the same. We do not believe the same theology. We do not believe in the same God or gods, for that matter, because they believe in multiple gods, that you can become your own god, therefore gods. Um, I've done countless research on the LDS faith. I've written research papers over, over the LDS faith, like what they believe to be true and how it vastly contrasts biblical truth. Um, and I know that this might be surprising or shocking or feel weird to hear, but like as you compare what scripture says to what the Book of Mormon teaches alongside, you know, the other writings of Joseph Smith and their prophets, it is counter to biblical truth. Therefore, it's not true when we analyze it from a biblical worldview. And I'm, t I'm coming at this not from a, a place of trying to bash the Mormon religion, but like if we are if we are talking about one salvation, there is only one means to salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ. Um, but their views of Jesus Christ are different than the the actual theological biblical Christian Christ. Um, but to get to the root of your question, Chloe, God has allowed for people to surmise their own religions and idols and counterfeit gods and religions because God has given humanity free will. And therefore, a free will to choose what they will worship. We see this rebellion very early on in the Bible with other nations rebelling against God, worshiping other spirits, um, worshiping the earth and nature, worshiping graven images, and so on. This is true with the Canaanites, with the Hittites. I think that's what they're called. The Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. I mean, like, all the ites, right? They all worshiped other gods. But the thing is is that they weren't even gods. Like, they they esteemed to it godhood. They worshipped it as if it were their god. But there is no god except for the god of the Bible, who is identified as Yahweh. I've heard people try to twist scripture in saying that, oh, because it says not to worship other gods, there must be other gods, because the Bible says that. But, like, when we actually look contextually at what other gods are defined as, we can see that in Psalm 96, verses 4 through 5, what other gods really are. It reads, um, For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. You see, I love this scripture because it really debunks how all of these other religions and idols and, and things of worship, it's created. The, the people created these things, but the Lord made the heavens. God is the creator. And we see this dynamic of people cr worshiping the created rather than the creator. Because so often it pleases their, their flesh and it pleases their desires and it pleases um, 
it pleases the the human ego when it it just it is pleasing to to people but it's not rooted in truth and the thing is is that sometimes within religions there might be some element of truth to it like principles um but the reality is that it is not true if it is not god's word and that is scripture that is from the bible that is yahweh other gods, they're worthless idols, the created beings, images, or ideas that man has made in order to substitute God in his truth, making allowance essentially for rebellion against him because it's going against his commands and what he has said to be true. It even talks about, I believe it's in Isaiah, that there are no other gods before me. Like there is, there is no other gods like beginning to end. Like it is just Yahweh. But the Mormon religion doesn't believe that. They believe that you can become your own god through exaltation in the celestial kingdom. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that there are lots of religions out there with amazing people, with genuine hearts, who truly love people and do good. But that does not mean that what they believe is true. I'm sure there's partial truth to some things that they say, but their theology as a whole, if it is not in alignment with God's truth, it is false. That's the reality of religion and beliefs. Like, they can't all be true. Like, universalism, that it just doesn't work. It logically doesn't work. Especially when we see how they differ so greatly on issues and ideas like salvation and humanity's sin and the need for atonement and so on and so forth and, and heaven and eternity. Like there are core doctrines that do not agree. So only one can be true. However, we know and trust Christianity to be true and the Bible to be true based on unity and consistency within the Bible. Uh, testimonies of ancient and, and antiquity, um, historical accuracy and indestructibility, as well as fulfilled prophecy. We can trust that the Bible is true, therefore Christianity is true on these principles. Um, now, I can't get into defending the whole validity of the Bible in today's podcast episode and debunking every single worldwide religion, but some sources I do recommend that you read are, number one, Evidence That Demands a Verdict by McDowell, Cold Case Christianity by Wallace, The Compact Guide to World Religions by Halverson. Those are three books that have really helped me in understanding my faith and understanding what other faiths believe in comparison to the Christian faith. Um, and I think that will really help you, Chloe, as you build those strong roots in the Christian faith because... I truly believe it's the Holy Spirit within you that is saying, cling on to this truth, Christianity. I know you want to fit in. I know your surrounding community comes across as perfect, but I want to encourage you, Chloe, um, not to sacrifice the truth just to fit in, to not compromise Christ for man. Christ calls us to be bold in our faith. It's not worth risking for the sake of community. And I pray that God uses this opportunity for you to grow in your biblical roots and your assurance in the gospel of Christ founded in Christianity and that he would use you as a light to them because their religion, it's not true. They're amazing people, but I just wish that they were rooted in biblical truth. It's not biblical what they believe. They might seem perfect because of their religion and the standard it calls them to. That's one thing I'll give them is that they truly are a, a great group of people who hold on to morals and family and amazing things like that. But just the truth of the gospel, 
it's it's grace that saves us, not works. Their views on God are different. Jesus is different. Satan is different. Salvation is different. Heaven is different. It's not what the Bible says. I know they use the same terminology as us, but when we really define the terms, it's not the same. And I encourage you to um, dig into that as well. Use discretion and discernment um, and wisdom with looking into those things, but stay rooted in the truth of of what the Bible says and, and who Jesus is and who God says he is. And if you have more questions on this, Chloe, email me, email me boughtandbeloved at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at Kirby is a boss, because I can even send you the paper that I wrote on Mormonism and the Jehovah's Witness faith as well, um, as to what their views are and how it is not biblical when we actually look into the history, um, and theology and hermeneutics and, and, um, all of those things, exegesis, proper exegesis, all of those big theological words. But that's why these big theological words are so important because um, when it comes to really seeing the roots of what they believe and what they claim to be true about God, we can see it's not, um, especially when we hold it to the standards of scripture. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Do you deal with stress and anxiety throughout your day? Do you find yourself on your phone constantly? Well, stop checking social media and pop open the Abide app to ease your mind. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash Kirby. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Abide meditations start at two minutes long. They're easy to fit into your schedule and feature topics like overcoming anxiety, managing stress, addiction and recovery, finding forgiveness, and more. For a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Kirby. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Kirby to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Join the millions of people using Abide, including Grammy award-winning singers, church leaders, and Christians like you and me. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash Kirby. On to our second question. Um, our second question comes from a girl named Hannah. She says, hello, Kirby. Please make the episode about evangelism you talked about on your last episode. I don't know which episode she's referring to, um, 
because I think she sent this question in a while back, but she says, I have been thinking about it so much lately. It's so strange to me that we don't do it all the time. And I really want to know more about how to do it well. Thank you for all of your podcasts, Hannah. I love you, Hannah. I do believe I have a few episodes on the Great Commission and evangelism. Um, But since we're kind of like on this subject right now about like being firm in the faith and knowing what we believe and so on and so forth, I want to dive into this. I think that in-person evangelism can be a bit intimidating for some people, especially in today's cultural climate where it seems like the minute Jesus is brought up in conversation or Christianity is brought up in conversation, a person, a Christian, can be labeled as rude or irrational or intolerant or hostile or suppressive or whatever. But we know that's not who we are. So like, how do we do our best to communicate and translate the gospel to others in an effective way? They might not respond to it or receive Jesus in that moment. We hope we do. But in spite of that, how do we do our part in sharing Christ and the gospel faithfully? Well, first, we need to understand how Christ calls us to communicate the gospel. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, we are told to speak the truth in love. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, our words are instructed to be graceful. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 through 16, we are told to share the gospel with gentleness and respect. We need to be mindful in our approach in sharing Jesus. Is it truth? It needs to be truthful, but loving. We need to be graceful in our approach to people and gentle in our words. We need to be respectful towards the people that we are approaching. All of these things need to be considered because even in our approach, are we showcasing the love and the attitude of Christ as we should? So not only do we need to communicate effectively, but we need to approach the conversation in a way that the person feels comfortable. From experience, I know some easy ways to open up the conversation for me in the past has been to just simply ask people what they believe faith-wise and just to listen to them. Because from there, um, I can share my own experience and reasoning with Christianity. And through asking questions, I can gauge um, maybe what it is that I can share with them in regards to Christianity or the gospel that they don't know or don't understand. You know, sometimes people don't care for it, but at least I approached it in a way where I was willing to hear them and understand their worldview and their conclusions where they got to that conclusion about whatever they believe and to offer my own insight into that. Um, And this also just helps me to gauge how I share the gospel or issues, you know, just by asking questions and listening to them. Um, And that's why we need to be knowledgeable about the faith as well, to be able to provide correction and understanding where people might not have understanding about the faith, especially as it has been portrayed by broken people or broken systems. I've also seen a lot of effect in sharing the gospel based on relational equity and simply just getting to know people and establishing friendships and relationships with people. You know, I have also met strangers in restaurants and parks and I've gone up to people and talked to them about God too. Um, But I think that we also need to understand that, yeah, it's great to go on the street and to just boldly evangelize. And I think we should and we should uh, definitely pray and press into the Holy Spirit as we do that and we communicate with kindness. But I think we also can't neglect the relationships that we do have uh, with our friends, with our co-workers, with people in our classrooms, with the kids that we nanny and babysit, or the the associations that we volunteer with, or whatever it might be. Um, 
And we also need to be understanding that, you know, sometimes we're going to reap the harvest. Other times we're going to be planting seeds. And most often we will be watering. Um, And we need to be patient along that whole process. But we need to be willing to step up um, and be a part of the process. I tried to tie, I, I try to touch on the issues of sin and humanity's brokenness when I'm evangelizing, um, our need of a savior, who God is and his love for us, uh, why Christ came to save us, not to co- condemn us, um, and that we get to have a relationship with a loving God who helps us through our problems, redeems us from our past, frees us from the bondage we're in today. I try to keep it simple and specify certain areas based on how the conversation's going, but those are things I really love to communicate because I think that helps to introduce people into the Christian worldview. And I hope this helps a bit, Hannah, uh, but I encourage you to also just listen to my episode called God Can Use You or even tune in to my friend Jordan Whitmer. He has a podcast called Gen Z Today, and I know it's like geared towards Gen Z, but honestly, like if anybody has a heart for evangelism or the Great Commission or anything like that, go listen to his podcast. It's amazing. It's all about fulfilling the Great Commission and how to do it. He's a good friend of mine. I absolutely love him, adore him. Richard and I, we love him. Uh, One of my favorite people ever. And I'm so blessed that I've been able to team up with him in ministry for so long. But he is so phenomenal at equipping people in their evangelism techniques. So that's just another resource I want to put out there uh, alongside all the advice that I gave. I really hope that helps, Hannah. But now on to our last question that was sent in by Kelsey from Scotland. So cool. And this is what she wrote me. She emailed me saying, hey there, Kirby. I've been listening to your podcast for two years now, and I'm so grateful for all you do with pouring out to us listeners. My question is about losing friends. I became a Christian a few years ago and I've lost some friendships due to it. I don't think I did anything to cause people to leave me other than the fact that Christ transformed me. Now I have a biblical worldview. It's hard because I don't have that much access to Christian community where I am. And now I'm losing my old community. I feel alone. It's just hard and I was hoping for some encouragement. I look up to you a lot and would love to hear your experience with this if you have any. God bless you. First of all, I love your name. Second of all, I love Scotland. So shout out to all my Scots out there. I've definitely been there and I've definitely lost a friend due to my faith too, but I've also even just in general been kind of like ostracized in my community before due to my faith and that has also really sucked. So in times where I have felt alone due to my relationship with Jesus, I've remembered what John chapter 15 verses 18 through 19 says. And it says, if the world hates you, Know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as it loves its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now this is Jesus talking here, and I think it's true and applicable. Why can't I talk today? It's true and applicable for all of us. The entire world and everyone in it would absolutely love me, adore me, worship me if I was a part of this world um, and if I rejected the statutes of God and was not a believer of the gospel. But because I abstain from worldly things, I embrace the commands of God and believe and live out the gospel, people don't like it and people don't like me. Why? 
because it's counter to the flesh, right? To, to do the things of the spirit and to press into the Lord. Of course, the world hates it. If someone is submitted to and gratifying their flesh, odds are they're not going to like what I got to say and do and believe. You know, praise be to God, though, that there are people in this world who are hungry and searching for truth and our boldness can lead them to Christ. But it's hard. I totally understand that it's hard when the world around you rejects you for your faith, especially when it comes to friends and losing community. But you have to remember And this is where joy comes in, that we are chosen by God. We are set apart unto God. We are saved. We are redeemed. We are set free. We are given a relationship with God. And that is worth every and any sacrifice that comes, even if it is old friends. I also reflect on Moses and God's relationships, that um, Moses's and God's relationship, that they were truly friends. It says in Exodus uh, chapter 33, verse 11, I think I'm paraphrasing here, but I know it's Exodus 33, 11, that the Lord would speak to Moses as a friend. Like they would speak face to face, which is like insane. Um, but I think that just goes to show that like God is near to us and we have a friend in Jesus. When you feel abandoned by the world, stick close to the friend that you have in Jesus and cultivate that relationship. That is the most important friendship that you could ever have. And even if you don't have friends because of that, that doesn't mean that you can't be a friend to others. Be a friend by encouraging people, loving people, serving people, praying for people, helping people, taking time to listen to people, and so on. I know that feeling of abandonment and that feeling of loneliness and being on the outskirts, but so do so many people who don't know Christ. And because you know Christ and the love that he has for people and the Holy Spirit, how one of the fruits of the Spirit is is love, you get to go and be a friend to other people and show them the love of Christ. At least, like, that's what I've done in my own experience. I remember specifically in high school that I lost a friend because of my faith, and I also remember being left out and made fun of by others because of my faith. Behind my back, in front of my face, people not knowing I was literally right there. But I also um, was known in high school as a friend to many because of how badly I knew people needed community by understanding my own depravity with that at times. And I was very fortunate to have two super solid Christian friends in high school, Nikki and Connor. If they ever tune into this episode, I love you guys so much. I'm still friends with them, even though life is busy and looks different for all of us. And I don't get to see them and talk to them all the time. They meant the world to me. And I prayed for friends like them. And I encourage you to do that as well, to be prayerful for the friendships that God will bring um, and to steward godly friendships well. Um, And and to steward just friendships in general well, that even those that you might still be friends with that do not know Christ, that they would come to, that they would come to know Christ and that you can be an example to them in your own life and friendship. But yeah, press into Jesus in this season um, because he is so near and dear and wants to be a near and dear friend to you. Be Christ-like in extending friendships towards other people. Pray for solid community because God will bring a friend, whether it's online. I mean, the Christian connections that I've made online is amazing, but I pray he brings you friends and community in person as well. And to also be a light to the friends and the influence you do have on people in your life. 
I truly pray that over anybody today that is just yearning for godly, good friends. Be a friend to those who are looked over and show them the love of Christ and seek God's faith because he is a friend to those who feel abandoned and alone. I know that to be true. I know it to be true in scripture and I know it will be true for you. But that does it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the questions that I answered today, whether you relate to one of them or all of them. I hope it was practical as well as encouraging. And if you have any more questions, email me, beloved at gmail.com. If there is a topic in scripture you want me to cover, if there is something you're walking through and you need biblical advice, or if you have just questions about anything and you want a Christian worldview to, to shine some light on that, email me, beloved at gmail.com. Uh, maybe it'll be featured in next week's episode. Who knows? Um, but until then, subscribe for new episodes every single Wednesday. You can follow me on all my other socials at Kirby is a Boss on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, as well as Kirby is a Streamer on Twitch. And I'll see you next Wednesday with another episode here on the Bot and Beloved podcast. I love you guys. Have an amazing rest of your week and weekend. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Thanks for listening to Bot and Beloved. For more information about the show, visit ConvergePodcastNetwork.com. is part of the Converge Podcast Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 